Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 10, Peter and John look at a man who is physically poor, spiritually bankrupt, and financially broke. And they look him in the eyes. And he looks up and he meets Peter's eye and he sees the flame of fire from Revelation chapter 1, which has not even been written at this stage. And they pull him up out of his situation. What was greater? Was it greater that he was physically healed? Was it greater that he was now able to earn a living and be financially free because he was no longer a cripple, a a pauper? No, the greatest miracle was that he was shifted from darkness to light. And you and I have been shifted, I'm speaking from the fire, from darkness to light. We have changed kingdoms. And I'm burdened with this message that has taken root in my soul. Jesus said the word of the kingdom. Which word? The word of the kingdom is sown into men's hearts. And you and I, and I, I definitely have been through all of these stages. As a new Christian, I fell over under the power of God. I woke up hours later from a coma. I'd been changed by God, changed into a new man. And I went to church week after week and I was drowned in the love of God. I was water bordered with his mercy. I was baptized in his love. And I went home and I would praise him and sing in tongues to the point where my parents were going to commit me to a hospital. They thought I was insane. And But then (laughs) it stopped working. You know, the the, the drug of church stopped working. I'd go up the front and I wouldn't fall over. I'd put my hands in the air and I wouldn't cry. And I thought... I don't know what I thought. I thought God had left me or I'd done something wrong. But this is where we need to understand the word of the kingdom of God. You know, some of us have faith, Paul says, to eat only vegetables. Others have faith to eat meat. You know, I've met many Christians who I'm impressed. I'm really proud of them. They're in their 90s and 80s, and they eat whatever they want. They eat a diet that would make me, you know, (laughs) shake in my boots, you know, sugar and cakes and fizzy drinks. And every time they get sick, you know, cancer, diabetes, whatever it is, they just pray for themselves and get healed. I mean, that's amazing. And they think I don't have faith, and maybe I don't. I have faith to eat healthy food 
and to exercise and to drink pure water. You know, I literally only drink medical grade steam distilled water because I have a relationship with God and my relationship with God and the revelation he's given me is that everything in this fallen world is trying to kill you. <laughs> it's not just the Democrats or the, you know, Republicans. It's not just the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors. I mean, the education system is trying to kill you. The radiation from the 5G towers are trying to kill you. The food industry is trying to kill you. I mean, come on. If we wanted to help people, would, wouldn't we make McDonald's illegal? Wouldn't we make sugar illegal? I mean, we know, we know, unequivocally know, undebatably know that sugar is the cause of of two-thirds of all deaths. All deaths are preventable. Two-thirds of deaths in, in, in Australia and in America and the West are caused by preventative illnesses, things like diabetes and heart disease that are caused by our diet. So this isn't a conspiracy theory. Romans chapter 8 says this creation has been subjected to futility. The picture that that gives me is imagine having an incredible racehorse, you know, an incredible racehorse that's, that's a pedigree of pedigrees that's been generationally groomed to race and somebody takes that racehorse and uses it to pull a plough. You know, that racehorse has been subjected to futility. Or maybe, you know, Ferrari designs an incredible car that can go past the speed of sound and, and somebody uses it in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a rally, you know, an off, off-road rally. You know, it's, it's not made for that. And this creation was made to be ruled over by man who was in relationship with God. There was never meant to be a kingdom of darkness. In fact, Adam created the kingdom of darkness in a sense when he obeyed Satan because the moment he obeyed Lucifer in the garden, who was a snake, who had no power, he had no authority, he had no arms or legs. Satan didn't come as a bull or as an ox or as a giraffe. He came as a snake. The only power he had was his tongue, the same tongue in the NASA logo. And, and the moment that he deceived Adam, listen to me, I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. Hearts would you receive, listen, ears to hear. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what I'm saying and what the Spirit is saying through me. Adam gave the earth and the kingdom to Satan. And you see, a king is not a kingdom without land. There is no king who has no land. There is no CEO of a company that has no shares, that has no product, that has no employees. What company is a company? It's nothing. It's a shell company. But Adam and Eve were given the territory, the landlords of the earth. They were given the earth. It's all through the Bible, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Isaiah, Psalms, Revelation. God gave the earth to man. God did not even allow the rain to water the garden from the, the soil until he had created a man 
to tend the garden. That's what it says. He created everything. And it was paused like a Minecraft world, like a computer-generated reality. It had not been set in motion. It was just a, a design, printed, 3D printed. And then, then the moment he made man, he pressed play and the creation activated. It activated because there was a ruler. There was a, a kingdom a kingdom that had a territory. Every kingdom has a territory and every kingdom has a king. And God calls us the kings of the earth. He is the king of glory and we are the kings of the earth. He's the king of kings, but we are still kings because we have territory. The territory is the earth and Adam gave it to Lucifer. He gave it to Lucifer, therefore subjecting it to futility. Women were not meant to be prostitutes. Children were not meant to dig lead mines. Man was never meant to rule over a man. Man was never meant to rule over a man. It's forbidden. Even Israel was never meant to have a king over them. The Lord wants to be their light. The Lord wants to be their king and no other. He wants to write the laws on your hearts. So man was never meant to rule man. Man was meant to rule the creation. I've given you the birds. I've given you the seeds. I've given you the, the fish. I've given you the land. And, and you are made in my image. And like me, you will rule as a king, sons of God, made in the image of God, with all authority in heaven and on the earth, in partnership with God to fulfill his desires. You know, God has desires. My, my children sent me a photo the other day of pancakes that they had made and they were so proud of their pancakes. And Erin, and, and their mother, sent me the photo and, and, and as I received the photo, do you know what? I looked in their eyes. I looked at the pride in their eyes of their, their faces lit up and the joy and the purity and the, the innocence of their faces to show me their dad how amazing they were because they made these pancakes. Do you know what? I didn't look at the pancakes. <laughs> they, you know, they were pretty ugly, you know, the pancakes, right? They were different shapes and different sizes and they're, they're so proud of them and, and, and I'm sure they were great, you know, pancakes. I looked at those photos again and again and again when God said to me, John, he said, they sent you the photo of the pancakes. What are you looking at? I was looking at their faces. You know, God is wanting to look at your face. He doesn't care about your business. He doesn't care about your ministry. Yes, he's prepared good works for you that you would work in them, that you would walk in them. But the Bible also says in Ephesians that it's his power that works mightily in you to do those good works. It's not even you who does them, but the power of the Holy Spirit, it says, seized those apostles and and prophets and teachers and evangelists and the mother of Jesus and his brothers who were in the upper room, the power of God, it says it, seized them. Don't you want to be seized by the power of God? Don't you want to yield to the power of God to do the works that he prepared? In other words, you get out of the way. And Adam and Eve 
gave the earth, they gave creation to Satan, who had free reign of this world for thousands of years, and he no longer has that free reign. He again is a snake. He again has no arms and no legs. He only has that tongue, and I want to rip it out. And I rip it out, man. I rip it out in Jesus' name. Do not allow the devil to talk to you today. Do not listen to those YouTube channels that slander my brothers and sisters. How dare you speak against God's elect? It doesn't matter what they've done. Only God can judge. You are not omniscient, omnipresent, omnipowerful. You're not omnipotent. Don't listen to the snake. Paul says we take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ, ready to punish every act of disobedience. So where there's cancer, that's disobedient because Christ has been crucified for the forgiveness of sins and for the healing of your mortal bodies. The power of the Holy Spirit brings life to your mortal body. So if your body has any sickness, it is illegal, and you and I are responsible to take those thoughts captive and to punish that act of disobedience. The devil is a snake. He's on his belly. He's trying to get a body right now. He's Can't you see, guys? Oh, my God, help me, Father. What we're, forget about coronavirus, forget about the pandemic and vaccinations. What we are seeing in the earth today, and the devil really doesn't want me to say this, he is trying to raise up a body. Satan is trying to raise up a body, a hive mind, a one world government, a metaverse, whatever you want to call it. You know, everybody microchipped, everybody under his religion, it's a delusion. It is a deception, and it is it is all of the things that you think it is, and more. Like Babel, just do a Google. Please, 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 just indulge me for a minute. Do a Google search of the Tower of Babel, and of the imagery that 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 we have uh, over the centuries that we have uh, imagined that the Tower of Babel looked like. And then do a Google search of the United Nations building. It is the same tower. It is of the same design. And if you look at the, you know, the pyramid on the US dollar, if you look at the design of Canberra, in, 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 of Parliament House in Canberra, if you look at the logos of Google and Apple and Disney and Microsoft and all of these you know the 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 CERN hydrocollider, the the United Nations, the the World Health Organization, even the Vatican. All of these organizations have the same satanic symbolism, the same images. Six 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 is all over these places, literally. I mean, Microsoft even has patents that are numbered six 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 that have to do with with turning the human body into a a Bitcoin mining device. Now, it doesn't matter what, where, when. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is I'm not saying that this or that is the the mark of the beast. I'm saying the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. But you and I have been given dominion. We've given power. Jesus Christ has taken back the keys of the kingdom. So once again, for the first time since 
the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. In fact, Eden is bigger than the garden. The Bible actually says that the garden was to the east of Eden. But anyway, that doesn't matter. The point is, you and I have been authorized. We've been deputized. And we are not under Satan anymore. We are in an opposite kingdom now. There are now two kingdoms on the earth, and that's why there's a fight. The fight is between your eyes. The fight is between your ears. That's why Jesus said you need ears to hear. That's why Isaiah says, open your mouth and I will fill it. That's why Revelation says, you know, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. That's why Jesus said to repent, because the battle is in our mind. The battle is in our mind because we cannot be of two opinions, because there are two kingdoms. Today, will we choose life or death? The power is in our tongue. All of these scriptures is because we are in a two kingdom. That's why Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace, but the sword. I'm going to separate two against three, two against one in every family. This has been my own experience in my, my marriage, in my church, in my businesses. There's the word of God. The word of God does not negotiate with terrorists. The word of God does not change. If you're in a relationship and you are standing on the rock, somebody's going to have to change. Either you are going to have to become lukewarm. I've got a whole message about that. Or the other person is going to, to leave. That's why John said the Antichrist has come and many Antichrists have come. And how do we know that they're the Antichrist? Because they did not remain with us, but they left. Therefore, identifying themselves as the spirit of the Antichrist. That's the spirit of this world system that is coming to nothing. Father God, would you help me to wrap this up for, for your people today? He's going to honor you for your time. He's going to bless you for, for the, the, the hours that you're spending in, in studying his word and in listening to this podcast and in doing all of your faithful readings. God bless you. God bless you. What he's saying, I am going to wrap it up with a story, Okay. I was a coffee judge and I would drink coffees from all over the world and judge whether they were good or bad. I was also a, 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 a coffee trainer, support, you know, just everything, everything. I was trained by a world barista champion. I was judged by uh, world barista championship judges and I would go around and taste coffees and blah, blah, blah. You know what? You know what? I don't mind going to India where the coffee is terrible and, and, and on the side of the road. I don't mind having an instant coffee and, and there's dirt in the bottom of the cup. And I love going to a specialty cafe where they have invested time, money and energy in the best equipment. And I'm getting to the point. What I hate is a cafe that appears to be good, but the coffee's bad. You know what I hate? I hate average cafes. Just shut them down. And I'm talking the truth. What I'm saying to you is I, I love to go to a little Italian grocer where the little old man makes a really bitter coffee that, that I would never make, but I love it because it's him and it's authentic, but it's very, very bad quality. I mean, it's 
bad quality beans, bad quality roasting, bad quality grinding, bad quality extraction, bad quality presentation, and everyone puts sugar in it. I, I love that because it's just authentic and I, and I understand. And I love it when I go to a specialty cafe where they've handpicked the beans and the barista went to Colombia to, to meet the farmer and it tastes like gold. What I hate is when I go to a cafe that's average. It's like, why bother? It's not, a, it's not a great coffee. It's not a bad coffee. But it looks good and it bothers me, man. It bothers me. It just bothers me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's just okay. You know, it's not that good. It's not that bad. And it's like, why bother? You know, if you're going to go into business... Why not be just be exceptional or just open a seven eleven you know just either buy a franchise and make a cookie cutter crappy coffee and sell it for a dollar or go all in and make it the best, but don't give me this half hearted lukewarm Christianity you know God wants to spit that lukewarm you know church. That, that lukewarm Christian out of his mouth. Now is the time to get on fire. And I totally get it. God's saying to me, you know, I don't want lukewarm. I would prefer them just to be crap. You know, I'd prefer them just to be cold or hot. But I don't want lukewarm. I will vomit them out of my mouth. So what I'm saying, you, I, this is what I would do as a as a coffee consultant, as a specialist, as an entrepreneur, as a person with degrees in business and experience in business, do you know what I would do with that lukewarm cafe? I would fire all the staff. I would change ownership and I would delete everything in the menu that was average. There must be one thing that they can do. You know, maybe their bagels are really, really amazing, but everything else... So. What I would do is I would cull the menu to the bones. I mean, if the furniture is ugly, it goes in the bin. If the paintwork is ugly, we repaint. You know, if the windows are good, leave the windows. If the branding is good, leave the brand. If the coffee machine's good, leave the coffee machine. But everything else, the milkshake's gone, the sandwiches gone, the chocolate cake's gone, the muffin, anything that isn't supreme, anything that isn't mouth-watering and shockingly good, and what have we got left? Okay, we've got black coffee and we've got bagels. That's it. And that, that is what that business becomes. I will change that business, re, new brand, new staff, and two or three things that they can do, whatever it is that they can do, whatever they can do well, that is what they can do. That is what you do with your soil. You know, the soil that Jesus plants the word in, it needs to be deep. People would prefer to go to a cafe where you get the best bagels in your city and the best black coffee. Anyone who wants white coffee can go somewhere else or maybe they can bring their own milk, but people will come for exceptional. And you'll make more money selling bagels and coffee than selling 17 different sandwiches that no one really loves. And it'll be difficult and you will lose all of your customers and you will have to rebuild your business from scratch. But you will have deep soil. What is deep soil? 
loyalty. You will find the customers who come will love you. They won't. People will either love you or hate you. The people who used to come to your cafe and buy sandwiches will hate you. What have you done to my cafe? Why don't you sell sandwiches and chocolate cake? I used to, I like the chocolate cake. No, sorry, we don't do Netflix anymore. We don't watch the nine, Channel 9 news service anymore. We read Hebrews before we go to bed. No, we don't go to church and complain about what the pastor said and how it wasn't you know, up to scratch. We are preaching now. We're going to Flinders Street Station and preaching the Bible. What I'm saying to you is we need to root out of our own lives everything that hinders the word, everything that easily entangles the you know, doesn't Hebrews say that? So what does it say? Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run the race with perseverance that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. So Jesus warned us, it's the worries of the world that choke the seed. It's the deceitfulness of wealth that choke the seed. It's the chocolate cake that's average. It's the sandwiches that no one really loves, but no one really hates. Get rid of them. It's time to cull your life. Jesus has tried to do it by removing your ability to go outside and removing your trust in government and removing your trust in politics. And in that they are not the answer. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever, he is the answer. And we are called right now to separate, to, rem- to cull everything that easily distracts in our lives, to be sowing our seed of the word in our heart, to be standing on the rock of the word and not being distracted. Today, this is a gift today. This message is a gift to, to not be lukewarm. Jesus sent his word. God sent his word, but he is coming back for a reward. He is coming back and he is coming back to check on his investment he does it on a daily basis, but he's going to do it on a omega, end of the age, judgment day. He's going to come to take the church. He's going to come to take his bride. He's going to come and say, how many talents did I give you? And how many talents are you going to give me back? What have you done with what I have given you? The father has given you his son. He's given you his blood. He's given you his name. He's given you his kingdom. We have a responsibility to take that word and to bear fruit. And the responsibility is with you to weed out of your garden. And here's the secret, Proverbs chapter 4 will teach you how to weed your garden. It's what you think. It's what you say. It's where you walk. It's your ears. It's your eyes. It's your mouth. It's your, it is your feet. You decide where you go. You decide what you say. You decide what you read. 
You decide what you listen to. That is the word of God. If you sow the word of God, you will reap a harvest. But if you're listening to gossip, if you're listening to slander, if you're listening to your own self-talk that says, I'm sick, I'm poor, I'm blind, I'm naked, I'm needy. No, you say what the Spirit is saying and you will see a river flows from your belly that will take over the earth. That's what's going to happen. Christians are going to be filled with the Spirit. They're going to see God. They're going to speak with their mouths. They're going to see mountains removed and the river of life that flows from the throne of God with the tree of life on either side down the middle of the street. It is going to flow through the earth. The, let me tell you, this is technically going to happen. The knowledge and the experience of the glory of God is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea through the belly of Christians. His glory is not just going to come like a smoke screen. His glory is not going to come like a drone invasion. His glory is going to come as you and I stand up and are seen as the light of the world. Thank you guys so much for listening. Why don't you share this podcast here and listen to what the Spirit is saying. Everything I said today was prophetic and for a reason. And I just pray that the Word of God would, would produce 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. God bless you. Visit my website and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.
Lord, you've taken away the veil. 